Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Sharing and giving 
to bless someone else, uh, to make somebody's life a little joyous, a little, um, uh, I'm say a little blessed, but a little joyous and and happy, and um, so they can look at God and celebrate Him for using you as an instrument to be a channel of blessing to someone this holiday season. So let's not forget about that and the purpose of Christmas. So many people go in debt, and that's a sin for you to uh, uh, spend money that you do not have uh, just to give gifts away. And so that's a sin, and you need to understand it's a sin, because if you look at the word debt in the dictionary, is the definition is sin. So when you use credit cards, money that you do not have, just to buy gifts to to keep up with the Joneses, and a lot of parents, uh, they keep up with the Joneses for their children, and they set their children up for a major fall. Uh, so we don't... Uh, uh, Kathy and I have, God has graced us to be able to uh, bless our children uh, with the top of the line everything, but we don't do that. We uh, we buy them what they need. Uh, we don't always get them what they want. Uh, probably the only time we get them what they uh, may desire is on their birthday, and, uh, and, and, and that's contingent upon uh, um, their character uh, during the year. Before their birthday, what is they what have their character been? Have they uh, shown that they're thankful? Have they shown God that they're appreciative? So all these things is very important um, um, uh, that we do, and not set our children up for a fall. Uh, so we have to renew our mind. It's been over ten years now since the Lord dealt with me. Probably longer than ten years. I, I, I know it's been over ten years. Got to be. Uh, the Lord uh, would dealt with me about not buying each other's gifts on Christmas. Um, so we haven't done that in years. And so uh, m- uh, my prayer to God that the enemy does not take what God told me and turn it around for evil with my children. And what I mean by that, uh, that day the Spirit of God was able to deal with them the reason for the season. That is giving. It's not receiving, and and I pray that uh, um, that my kids will take that to the to their children, their children's children, and that Jesus will be glorified in the midst of this holiday season that we're getting ready to celebrate. Um, we live in such a selfish world, and so uh, be a blessing to someone. Don't expect for absolutely nothing. If you get something. Let it be a surprise that God put somebody on your heart. And if God didn't put anybody on your heart, then you celebrate and you worship and you thank him. Uh, I'm not a jealous person. Uh, usually uh, my wife and my children, uh, they get more things than I do. I really don't need anything. Everybody that knows me, they hear me say that from time to time. So I don't really look for anything. And usually somebody get me something is really something I don't need, uh, something I cannot use, usually. Not all the time, but usually. And so, but I, I take pleasure in being a blessing. I take pleasure if I can make somebody else's uh, uh, life a little better uh, during the holiday season. If I just give to somebody. And my prayer to God that when I give to them, that they're able to see Jesus and they're able to give God thanks. They're able to give God glory. 
um, what God provided for them through the instrument that God used. So let this holiday season be a time of you uh, being the instrument that God will use to be a blessing to someone else. I made a statement uh, in church not too long ago. Uh, this, we quote the scripture that how God um, shall supply all of my our needs according to his riches and glory uh, by Christ Jesus. And that, that wasn't scripture. Uh, I think it was, uh, yes, thank you, Holy Spirit. It was Luke 6, uh, 38, given it shall be given unto you. Good measures pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men given to your bosom. Everyone that quotes that scripture, if not 90%, 99% of the people that quote that scripture, they see themselves as the recipient of receiving into their bosom and not the giver into someone else's bosom. But the one, and, and the one that sees themselves being the giver into someone else's bosom, they have been set free from this realm, and God can trust them. Uh, and be a channel and an instrument of blessing others. That is the man and the woman that have ever developed that mentality. Uh, God will command the blessing to overtake you on the right hand and the left hand because you have a giving mentality, not a recipient mentality. God has a giving mentality. You and I are made in the light, image and the likeness of God. We should have a giving mentality. So, so focus on, God, who do you want to bless through me this holiday season? You gave your son. You sacrificed your son. So, therefore, who you desire for me to sacrifice and to make their life better? I'm better because of Jesus. What I mean by better, I have passed from death to life. Uh, I am righteous because of Christ. I am holy because of Christ. I am victorious because of Christ. I am more than a conqueror because of Christ. I am an overcomer because of Christ. Because of Christ, I have life, health, and strength. Because of Christ, I am healed, delivered, and set free. God gave his son for me to become that. He became my sins that I might become his righteousness. He became my sickness and disease that I might become his divine health. So therefore, let's be extensions of Jesus Christ during this holiday season. Uh, um, and just be a blessing. And watch what God do for you. Have that kind of mentality before you go into uh, the, uh, 2013, because 2013 is going to be a tremendous blessing for you. Um, but let me give you an announcement. We're going to be having our watch night service. Uh, those of you that um, uh, do not have a church home and, uh, and you desire to come be with us, and those of you that do have a church home, but you may not have a watch night service, because all churches don't have watch night services. We're going to be at the Embassy Suites at 10 p.m., uh, December the 31st. That's on a Tuesday, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 10 p.m., uh, uh, we go right into the new year. Uh, that's Embassy Suites Hotel, uh, the same place that we had our uh, uh, Encounter the Supernatural uh, meeting. That's Embassy Suites. Uh, that's the airport location, Miami now, uh, 3974 South River Drive. And uh, parking is $5. And so we just believe God for uh, just a supernatural encounter for you, uh, that God will use us as an instrument to be a blessing to you. And uh, we want to see what the Lord is going to speak to us concerning the coming year. What is the word of the Lord? What is the mind of God? That God will give us a pure word from heaven. And we will be the channel and instrument that heaven can articulate his heart and his mind to you. 
uh, during this watch night service. We just believe God that signs, wonders, and notable miracles is going to break out. So uh, invite your families and friends. Uh, what you really need to do is invite those uh, that is uh, unbelievers. They need to be in the house of the Lord going into the new year. And they sinners, we just believe God that, uh, that they will get a life to Jesus before uh, they leave the place. So invite your family, friends, sinners, get them out to that party. Let them know we have a party starting at 10 o'clock, uh, December the 31st. Um, so we're going to be encountering the supernatural. We'll be, uh, we're going to experience the manifestation of our due season, our set time. Uh, signs, ones, and notable miracles has already begun to break out. Uh, we just, and I believe Jesus is going to be exalted in ways and dimensions uh, that we have never experienced before uh, in Panorama. We believe that um, the heavens uh, has already been opened for us. The door has been opened for us. And we're just going to see great manifestation. Get your spouse out. Get your uh, children out. Get your parents out. Get them out to this watch night service on the 31st of December. Let's get ready uh, to rock and roll. Let's get ready to come in agreement with heaven. And so heaven can manifest itself in the earth because it found a people that has come in agreement. I believe that the praise and the worship is going to go to another dimension. I've really been uh, praying and fasting a lot uh, lately uh, and, and not to try to move the hand of God, uh, but to know his heart and his mind and to position my heart to be a recipient of the, of the heart of God. Uh, I believe in 2013 that I will walk manifestly one with him in dimension the ways I have never experienced over my 30-some-odd years of salvation. I, I expect the manifestation of enlargement. I expect the manifestation of expansion. I expect the manifestation of the accelerating authority and power of the Spirit of the living God in every area and facet of my life. And I desire to see that in uh, every man, woman, boy, and girl that's in relationship with me. Uh, my spiritual sons, my spiritual daughters, and their churches, and their congregations, their region, I believe, uh, for revival to break out in South Florida. Uh, will you believe with me? Will you trust God with me um, that the Spirit of God will show up in measures and dimensions that we have never experienced before? And Jesus will be exalted as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And he will show himself strong. Uh, he will manifest his authority. He will manifest his dominion in us and through us. Oh, I just even talking about it, I feel the presence of God and the anointing of God. So that's our watch night service, ladies and gentlemen, December the 31st, 2012. Uh, I want to congratulate our guests being with us today. When I say guests, I'm talking about you uh, being with us today. I see a lot of you all in chat, chat and I see uh, a few of you all online. Uh, those of you that may have any questions today, you can always, that is dialed in, uh, just uh, press the number one button uh, on your uh, dial, and then we will uh, log you in, uh, key you in, uh, whatever the terminology is, allow, allow you to come in, and then we will, if you have any questions, we will uh, be see what the Spirit of God to say to be able to answer that. Of course, those that I chat, you can type it in, and uh, uh, I can read that. And then uh, we can uh, 
uh, read it on, on, on the broadcast here and, uh, and see what the Lord has to say to you. Uh, have any family and friends that uh, want to call in, or those that's on chat that wants to call in, ask a question. We do have an 800 number. That's 877-537-3321. Once again, that's 877 877- Five three seven thirty three twenty one, and those that's on chat, and uh, you have family and friends that you desire uh, to be a part of the broadcast, call them, and and let them call in, or they can come in on chat. But those that want to just call in and just be with us, uh, the number is uh, area code three four seven two three seven five four nine three. We would love to have you. Love for you to join with us. So uh, uh, call call them. That's all over the nation. Uh, that's anywhere in this nation and any other nation. Matter of fact, especially uh, entering in by chat, uh, they can come on and be with us and log on and be with us. So uh, let's see what the Lord has to say uh, today concerning this broadcast. I know the Lord has been preparing us uh, for manifestation. Uh, to, uh, October the 7th uh, this year, uh, the Lord reinstated us as a people. Uh, wow. You know, something just came in my spirit. It was, uh, I forgot what month it is, but I, na- I know it was 1947 that the nation of Israel was in- reinstated and acknowledged as a state. 1947. Wow. I knew that had to be the spirit of God just dropped that in my spirit because I definitely wouldn't not remember that. So it was 1947, and it was uh, it was October the 7th of this year, 2012, that we was reinstated as a people. Um, God has reinstated us as a people, reinstated the authority, reinstated us to a place of honor. He has restated everything that the enemy has stolen from us uh, over the years. But this is a season of restoration. And always understand that restoration never come back in the same way that it was taken away from you. The law of restoration demands that it come back in better quality and quantity. Better quality and quantity. Better quality and quantity. So, therefore, you get ready for the blast off. You get ready for the increase. You get ready for the enlargement. You get ready for the expansion. But the key to it all, I want to share a scripture with you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, how God operates. Now, understand that he is a God of faith. I'm going to say it again. He is a God of faith. You get nothing except you get it by faith. The scripture demands that every born-again believer walk by faith and not by sight. What is the greatest enemy against our faith? Well, people going to say doubt. People going to say unbelief. I'm going to say all these things. Uh, let's examine our hearts. What is the thing that blocks you? What is the thing that gets you off track? What is the thing that distracts you from being on course and staying on course with the Lord? What, what is the one thing? Uh, usually it is somebody's emotions. It's using what you're feeling at the time. Out of the blue, you can you you can be feeling so great all day long, but out of just all of a sudden, you start feeling negative, you start feeling oppressed, you start feeling depressed. Now, most likely, it was a thought that entered your mind about something, about yourself that the enemy lied to you about, or your spouse, or your children. Uh, something happened on the job, or uh, something that had has happened five years ago, two years ago, three years ago, ten years ago. 
Uh, all of this is designed, but watch this right here. It is something that's in this realm that has taken place, something that was said in this realm, something that you saw in this realm, something that you heard in this realm, this created realm. And it got you all disturbed. It got you all frustrated and aggravated. Those kinds of things is designed to destroy faith. It's designed to destroy faith. Now you gotta understand. You you and, and you we hear this all the time. You gotta understand. Uh, uh, God tests our faith. Now I personally believe that uh, um, our testing time. This is me talking, and God didn't say this. I'll be out testing time is over concerning what he's getting ready to manifest. I believe we have passed the test. And some of us, is God's just going to give it to us for the simple reason, even though we, some of us are not ready because you've been praying. You've been praying and asking God, give me, give me, give me. I need, I need you to do this for me. I need you to. One of the things I have learned is to never want something out of season. Never want something out of the timing of God. This is where we trust him, that he's father, and he knows what's best. He knows the season. He knows the timing. He, he knows exactly when we are mature enough to be recipients of the things he promised us. Now, everywhere I read in the Bible, when somebody got something out of the time and see, it, it almost, it, if it didn't destroy them, it destroyed their family or their, their lineage because they, they, they were so anxious they didn't enter into the rest of God. Paul made a powerful statement in the word of the Lord. He learned how to abound. He learned how to abase. Whatever state that God have me in, I have learned how to be content. If there's an anxiousness, most likely it, it's not your season. It's not your time. If there's such an a anxiousness, but if you you if you expect a spirit of expectation, then there will be a rest. You you looking for it every day, but you ain't, you're not anxious. There's not any agitation in your spirit. You content. You in a spirit of expectancy. Your spirit is alive. You in a state of peace. And, and nothing is moving you. Did come today, what's your attitude going to be? But today wasn't God's day. So I look for you tomorrow, God. Don't manifest tomorrow. That's not the day that God chose. I give you glory. I give you honor. I give you praise for not bringing it today because this wasn't the day then you knew that I wasn't ready today. I give you glory. I give you honor. I give you praise. I worship you. I magnify you because you did not allow me to be a recipient of something out of my time, out of your time, brother, out of the timing of God. But faith says you have it. That's why you're in a state of rest. Faith takes hold. And lay hold of all of the promises of God. Faith, praise, and worship before there's a manifestation. 
faith always come in agreement and lay hold of what the heavens has pronounced over your life. That's what faith does. And see, that's the thing. Now, we've got to understand, and you know the scripture, and you know the very thing that moves God, and the very thing that moves him is faith. You know that. I know that. Faith moves God. Faith brings pleasure to God. What brings pleasure to God? Faith. So are you in a state of faith at this present time? Are you in a state of faith? Where are you located with your faith at this present time? Are you rejoicing because of what God has said? Are you rejoicing because you've seen it, you smelt it, you taste it? Why are you rejoicing? Can you rejoice when all of the odds is against you? That's faith. For some concern, I have entered into my due season, my set time. For some concern, I am the man of God that God has ordained, appointed, and anointed me to be. And for God's concern, you are the man of God. You are the woman of God that the Father has ordained, appointed, and anointed you to be. As far as God concerned, your marriage is the marriage that God has ordained, appointed, and anointed you to have. As far as God concerned, your children are the children that the Father has ordained, appointed, and anointed them to be. As far as God concerned, he that begun a good work in you, he have already finished it. As far as God concerned, he has begun a good work in your children, he has already finished it. Now, what is the test? The very opposite. The very opposite. The very opposite of what is transpiring at this present time in your marriage with your children. The very opposite. What is happening? See, what God is looking for is this right here. To see will you be a sign seeker or will you be a man and woman of faith? So are you a sign seeker? Listen to this uh, scripture, if you will. Listen to this. This is Matthew chapter 16 and verse 4. Listen to this. It says, A wicked and morally unfaithful generation craves a sign. What? It said, A wicked and morally unfaithful generation craves a sign. So what God said, if I'm looking for a sign, I'm unfaithful. I'm unfaithful. That's what, that's what the scripture says. A wicked, not, not only unfaithful, it said morally unfaithful and wicked. Generation craves a sign. But no sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Then he left them and went away. Wow. Listen to the definition of the word sign, if you will. Listen to the definition of the word sign. Something material or external that stands for or signifies something spiritual or we can say something invisible. So I'm looking for a visible sign of the invisible promise. I'm looking for a visible sign of the invisible promise. 
And Satan understands faith greater than the church do. The Bible calls him the God of this world. So what he's going to do, he will use the material to get you to forfeit the spiritual. He will use the visible to get you to doubt the invisible. I'll say it again. He will use the visible to try to get you to doubt the invisible. Everything that God speaks, he speaks it from the realm of God. As far as God concerned, it's already done and settled. When God gives you a word or gives you a promise, he's not giving you something he got to create. It's already been created. It was created in six days. And God rested the seventh day. Everything that will ever be created has already been created. Everything after the creation is made, not created. It's made. So when God speaks prophetically of your life, or you have your morning devotion and the Spirit of God speaks to you, he's speaking to you what was already in existence. He's speaking to you what was already in existence. It's just like, think about it. Those of you that has go home uh, searching, looking for homes. If you're going looking for a home, and you find that home set, that's it. That's the house right there. You found that which was already in existence. It's already in existence. You say, but well, what about those that have their homes built? Everything in that home exists. It's just been put together. It's it just been put together. It's already here. All the material, everything is already here. And even the plan that will come from you is already here. It's in you, but you bring it out of you. It's present. It is present. So we got to understand how this works, ladies and gentlemen, how the enemy will try to manipulate you and I to become sign seekers. And God calls us morally unfaithful. Now think about it. It's just like a husband and a wife being unfaithful to one another. So you mean to tell me I'm being unfaithful to God if I'm seeking for a sign? I'm just telling what he says. Now why? Because you're focusing on something that is material and not focusing on what is uh, immaterial, uh, invisible. You, what you're telling God is that I'm more natural than I am spiritual. But yet you and I have been born again. I've been born again of the Spirit. So since I've been born again of the Spirit, then God wants me to live by the Spirit, to believe by the Spirit, to see by the Spirit, to receive by the Spirit, and then it is manifested in this realm. That's faith. That's faith. Then if you believe that with me, then I want you to go ahead and say this. This is my due season. This is my set time. I am the person that the Father has ordained, appointed, and anointed me to be. Then if you've been assigned secret, then go ahead and repent. The Bible calls us wicked and calls us, unmorally, uh, uh, calls us morally unfaithful. Wicked and morally unfaithful. So go ahead and repent. He's preparing all of us. He's preparing us to receive the manifestation of that which he has already promised us. 
But he, if there's anything that's blocking us, he's exposing it now. Get rid of it now. Get rid of it now. Get rid of it now. If you've been a sign seeker to God, I've been a sign seeker. Forgive me, cleanse me, wash me, purge me from all unrighteousness. I renounce that and denounce that in Jesus' mighty name. Then begin to celebrate. Begin to celebrate. God is getting ready to give houses that people have not built. Give you vineyards that you did not plant. Give you wells that you did not dig. The grace of God and the anointing of God is upon your money. God is getting ready to restore broken relationships. He's getting ready to uh, restore broken business deals. You've been plowing and plowing and plowing and plowing. Every time you tried to get involved in the areas of business, it fell through. And you've been frustrated and you've been angry. I ain't trying nothing else again. I don't lost too much money. But you, but you got a word, and it's been confirmed that God is raising you up in the in the business arena. Oh, but you don't understand. All those times, it wasn't the devil, God, to see where you're going to be a quitter, or where you're going to get back up and keep on plowing. Fail, fall on your face. Where you're going to get back up and keep on plowing. Fall on your face again. Get back up and keep on plowing. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he shall arise. Are you a righteous man? Are you a righteous woman? And because you know God told you that he's bringing you in this particular area, but you don't understand that God was educating you in the midst of what appeared to be failure. Really, it wasn't failure, but God was educating you. God was trying to get you to capitalize on the mistakes and the errors because he's fine-tuning you. He's on what? Fine-tuning you. He's fine-tuning you and preparing you that when he brings the manifestation, you will know the ins and the outs by your mistakes because you capitalize on them. Listen, it's, it's about training. You don't lose in God. I'm going to say it again. You do not lose in God. You cannot lose in God. What appears to be lost is never lost in God. Never. It's all about training. God is training you to reign. He's training you to be successful. He's training you to be, to be blessed. And he's training you to be a blessing. So he's, he's renewing the spirit of your mind. Every time you make a mistake, every time you fail, go back, meditate on that thing. Let the spirit of the living God show you the error, why you missed it, and what you should have done. And the next time it come around, now you experience the victory because now you understood. Why? Because it's about helping people, ladies and gentlemen. If you're going to be a successful businessman and a successful businesswoman or a successful pastor or a successful anything, nobody is a success without experience of level of measure failure. The only person that did not uh, 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 experience failure was Jesus. So he's trying to educate you. He's trying to train you because it's about helping somebody else. So when somebody else fails and make a mistake, you've been there. You've been there. Now you can go and aid and assist them. You say, well, do everybody have to fail? Not so. No. No. Because God knows all of us is different. Some people learn better through failure, making mistakes, and capitalizing on them. Some people just can learn just by simply following instructions, being obedient, and they get it. They get it as soon as they, they leader or, or they mentor 
or their boss or their parents or their pastor or whoever their leader is, give them instructions. You got some people just will just go at it, don't understand it, execute it, and then the Holy Spirit give them understanding. They don't have to fail. They don't have to make mistakes. You got some people like that. But, <laughs> but the majority of people I've encountered is not like that. I have met people that is like that, but the majority of people is not like that. So he's preparing you to reign. He's preparing you to rule. He's preparing you to be successful. And ladies and gentlemen, everything's about our heart. He's developing in you a heart of a leader. He's developing in you a heart of a conqueror. He's developing in you a heart of a victor. Are, are, are you getting this? You don't want to be a, 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 a businessman or married or a leader and don't have the heart. It won't sustain. Your heart sustains you. So God's been preparing you. He's been preparing you because the blessings of God is getting ready to overtake you. I'm saying it again. The blessings of God is getting ready to manifest themselves in overtaking you on the right hand and left hand. But God is raising up a man, men and women in this last day because he's, he's teaching us, training us, and educating us uh, concerning the mistakes of our forefathers that we don't make the same mistakes and we don't have the same heart that our forefathers had. They got manipulated. Every one of our forefathers, uh, uh, the only one that I can think of for as a leader, great leader, that was not manipulated with things and stuff for his kings, David was the only king. That I can think of. He's the only king that was not moved by pride that caused a downfall of his kingdom or moved by uh, uh, money that caused a downfall of his kingdom. Everybody else was lifted up even in pride, and pride led to adultery, worshiping idols of money. That led to, uh, this is another thing that I saw uh, during the study here, and trusting in the armor flesh. Trusting in the armor flesh, making alliances with other armies that God told you don't don't enter in a covenant with, because somebody came against you, you enter into alliance with another king to come help you and aid you to deliver you from the hand of this army, and in every single time it became an entrapment. Every single time it became an entrapment. That is why God put you and I in circumstances situation to train us that our faith will stand in God and God alone. Not our parents, anybody that become that rescues you from the development of God sets them on self before fall. And it it impedes your progress. It impedes your progress. It blocks and stops the momentum of God in your life. It blocks and stops the momentum of the development of God in your life. God's been preparing you. And sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, I heard Bishop Hammond make the statement, which it was good. See, the longer the preparation, the greater the anointing and the blessing. The longer the preparation, the greater the anointing and the blessing. Some of you have been waiting for years. You've been waiting and waiting. But the key in the midst of waiting, what is my attitude while I'm waiting? What is my attitude while I'm waiting? Well, let's look at, some, look at a scripture here, if you will, uh, of the father's faith. What was the father's faith attitude? What was his attitude? 
that qualified him to be the father of faith. Well, let's go to the word of the Lord, if you will. Uh, let's go to the book of Romans, uh, chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, and let's look at verse, um, this is the very familiar passage of Scripture, uh, verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He was appointed our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. This is the Amplified Version I'm reading out of. Who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised. He speaks of what? The non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. If they already existed. Now he speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and he has promised as though they already existed. That's how God speaks. Abraham start copying God. So are, do you speak of the non-existent things as though they already exist? But every time, and I notice this is this is I notice with people I'm in relationship with, and some people in Panorama. We still, we, so many times we still speak in the future tense. See, when you have a natural, a casual conversation outside of church, that's what you really believe. That's what you really believe. The conversation I have with you outside of church about what God said, what God promised, what come out of your mouth, that's what you really believe. And this is what I usually hear. Man, I, I just can't wait because I know God is going to. God is what? Going to. Going to means uh, it is futuristic. When God says it is so, he called those uh, things that is non-existent as though they exist. Are you calling the non-existent things as though they exist? Are you saying you have now, you are now, I have, you are, I am? You're not moved by nothing. I am. I am healed. I am delivered. I am free. I am the man of God that God has ordained, appointed, and anointed me to be. I do walk in the Spirit. I do live in the Spirit. I do move in the Spirit. I do see by the Spirit. I do hear by the Spirit. I am led by the Spirit of God. I am the husband. I am the father. I am the businessman. I am the leader. I am. I am the son. I am the son to my mother. I am a great uh, brother and uh, 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 to my siblings. I am. I am. I am a man of love. I am a man of peace. I am a man of joy. I am a forgiver. I am. I don't care what area you're struggling in. See, see, <laughs> the father of faith did not articulate what he was struggling in. Let's look at something here in the word of the Lord. You know what your struggle is? Your struggle is nothing but a sign 
that your faith is working for you. Because think about it. If your faith wasn't working, the enemy would not be attacking you. He would not be speaking to you if your faith wasn't working. He wouldn't be lying to you if your faith wasn't working. Think about it. He already have you. Why do you need to lie to somebody you already have? Why do you have to deceive somebody that's already deceived? By the mere fact there's bombardments let you know your faith is working. Let's look at this, if you will. Verse 18. For Abraham, human reason for hoping being gone. What? His human reason for hoping being gone? His human reason for hope being gone? Just right there, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we could stop right there. But how many has been in that place or in that place right now? Your human reason for hoping is gone. Now, why would the Bible say his human reason for hope being gone? Because he had nothing to trust in. There's nothing humanly for him to trust anymore. It's gone. I'm a hundred. I can't trust in my body no more. I can't trust in Sarah's body any, anymore. So all my human reason for hope is totally wiped out, totally gone. When I look in the natural, I can't, I can't depend on this, I can't depend on this, can't depend on this, can't depend on this, can't depend on this. There's nothing I can depend on in this material realm. There's no sign. Every sign, every ounce of hope to believe is gone because there's no human reason to believe. There's no natural reason to believe. Uh, uh, not believe, I said hope. To hope is it, to, totally gone. Notice what it says, if you will. For Abraham, human reason for hope being gone, hoped in faith. Hoped in Faith. Hoped in what? Faith. That he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised. As he had been promised. As he had been promised. So numberless shall your descendants be. Verse 19. He did not weaken in faith. He did not weaken in faith. Now all his human reason for hoping is gone, so he strengthened himself, ladies and gentlemen, in faith. He strengthened himself, his hope in faith, based on what God had promised. Are you getting this? Do, are, are, are you seeing this, that God is going to touch everything humanly? Everything humanly that you can hope in, that you can consider, God's touching it, wiping it out, removing it from your life, not the crutches for bond to you. Every human reason to hope is totally gone. 
You can't even conjure up anything in your mind because God don't touch it all. But notice what he says in, in verse 19 again. He did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body. He didn't weaken. He looking at his body. He did not weaken, weaken in faith, the scripture says, which was as good as dead because he was about 100 years old. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's dead and womb. What it says, he did not weaken in faith. All the human reason to hope is gone. Sarah's womb is dead. My body is dead. How could God bring this to pass? Have you ever been in a situation like that? <laughs> Lord God Almighty, have I not been? Have I not been in a situation like that? Where the promise of God, it is bigger, it is greater, and there is absolutely no human reason for me to hope. None. I remember several times I've been in a situation where God said, I do not want you to call anybody. You don't want me to call nobody? No. Well, how am I going to get out of this situation then? Me? Well, how are you going to do it? And he get quiet. And he says, absolutely not a word. Because he already said, me. But now I want to know how. It's not your business to know how. It's your business to do one thing and one thing only. And what is that? Have faith in me. Be not weakened in your faith. Be not weakened in your faith. Be not weakened in your faith. I like what uh, another translation said concerning uh, Abraham. It's, and he considered not his body. And he considered not his body. If I'm not mistaken, that's the King James or the New King James. He considered not his body, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. He considered not. He considered not the natural. He considered not a human reason to believe. He considered not because it was gone. So since it's gone, I refuse to consider it. I'm not going to let the deadness of my body or the deadness of my wife's womb, I'm not going to let that block me, stop me, and destroy my faith in what God promised me. Then I qualify for a miracle. Then I qualify for a miracle. Then you qualify for a miracle. Those that are with me tonight, you qualify for a miracle. You refuse to be a sign seeker. You refuse for God to pronounce upon you that you're wicked and you're morally unfaithful. And that's what would have happened to Abraham. If Abraham would have doubted God because he was, he was old now, his wife's womb was old, he said, forget it now, I must go ahead and pack my bags and die and, and go ahead and go to heaven, God would have called Abraham wicked. And God would have called him morally unfaithful. Because you believing in your body, you trusting in your body, you trusting in Sarah's womb, isn't that what got you in trouble the first time? Listening to your wife, because you was getting old, she was getting old, to lay with her handmaiden, did, that not, did not that get you in trouble? That was seeking a sign. You yielded to the sign, Abraham. But since you learned your lesson, you consider not your body. You consider not the deadness of Sarah's womb. 
So therefore, you you made a decision. You're going to consider me now. You're going to go ahead and consider me now. You're going to go ahead and consider me now. And now, since you've considered me, you've got my attention. And now, now I can manifest myself and get all of the glory because uh, all your ability to be able to uh, uh, produce yourself is gone. You can't do it. So it's, it's just me and you now. It's just me now. It's only me, Abraham. Watch this right here, if you will. The Bible says here in verse 20, no unbelief or distrust made him waver. No unbelief or distrust made him waver. Doubtingly questioned concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and was empowered by faith. What happened? He grew strong by faith, and he was empowered by faith. Notice what the scripture says. As he gave praise and glory to God. Wow. How did his faith grow? Or how did he grow, rather? And how was he empowered by faith? It says, as he gave praise and glory to God. Are you getting this, sons and daughters of the Most High God? He praised and worshipped and magnified the God of covenant. He praised and worshipped and magnified the God of promise. He praised and worshipped the faithful God, the God that cannot lie. The covenant-keeping God that keepeth covenant for a thousand generations. The more he praised God, the more he worshipped God, the stronger his faith made him. The stronger his faith empowered him. He became empowered. He grew, grew stronger. The more he praised and worshipped the most I got. God, I thank you for being the covenant-keeping God that keepeth covenant for a thousand generations. God, I thank you and I praise and I worship you, O oh God, that you are God that cannot lie. I thank you and I praise you. Now, Abraham couldn't say this, what I'm about to say. I thank and I praise you that all the promises of God is yes and in your son Jesus. Amen. I thank you and I praise you, Lord God, for the manifestation and the demonstration of the promises of God. I say amen to them. Jesus is my amen to my health. Jesus is amen to my wealth. Jesus is amen to being debt free. Jesus is amen to my house that I don't have to build. Jesus is amen to the vineyards I don't have to plant. Jesus is Amen to my elevation. Jesus, amen to my uh, to my promotion on my job. Jesus, amen to the flourishing of my business. Uh, Jesus, amen to the restoration of my investment. I give you glory, sir. I give you honor and I give you praise um, for you being glorified, um, for you being magnified, um, for you being exalted and extolled in my life. Um, I thank in advance, Father, for the testimony of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, I testify that Jesus is my amen. Mm. Wow. Let me slow down here because I sure enough feel that sense of stirring in my spirit. Abraham's the father of faith. That means he's the pattern of faith. 
He's the father of faith, so he's the pattern of faith. He's the father of faith, so he's the pattern of faith. And we got to get this, ladies and gentlemen. You got to get this. You got to get this. You got to get this. Notice what it says, if you will, uh, the latter part, if you will. It said, but he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. Now, God was not an extract God to him. Remember, God revealed himself to Abraham, uh, I think, a minimum of three times. And, and revealed three different dimensions of himself. When he first um, uh, um, uh, revealed himself to him in Genesis chapter 12, then he come back, I think, around about the um, 15th ver- chapter, if I'm not mistaken. But three, I think it was two to three times he manifested himself and called himself, uh, uh, revealed himself out of two different uh, names, which reveals two different dimensions of his character. So he only could praise to God that revealed himself to him. God must come become a reality to you. And you praise him and you worship him. And when he become more real to you, then the promise is on a manifest a matter of time that the promise is going to manifest itself to you. Thank God for delivering you and I from being sign seekers. Thank God for delivering you and I from a Thomas mentality and a Thomas spirit. I will not believe unless I touch the nail's print in his hand. And I put my hand in the hole of his in his side. I was there. I was there when it was beaming. I was there when they nailed his hand and his feet to the cross. I won't believe until I touch it. Jesus manifested himself and blessed is he who believeth and has yet not seen. Blessed is he who believes and don't look for a sign. Blessed is he that believes. Blessed is he that believes. Blessed is he that believes. Blessed is he that believe and have not seen, have not touched, have not smelled, have not felt. Blessed is he that believes who walks by faith and not by his senses. Blessed is he that believes. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your due season, and this is your set time. My prayer that you was encouraged by this broadcast today, and I pray that the Lord has spoken something to you that empowered you, and strengthened you, that you now will stand for the manifestation. That can happen tonight. That happened in the morning. You're already in your season. The door has already been opened over us. God has spoken and said, a door has open. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's take this run with it. Let us rejoice. Let's praise God like Abraham did. Let us rejoice. We ain't praying no more. We're not asking God for anything. It's done. We're worshiping now. We're praising now. <laughs> Amen. Once again, don't forget I have a watch night service on um, December the 31st. Uh, 2012 at 10 p.m. Uh, at the Embassy Suites Hotel, 3947 South River Drive. That will be Tuesday. That will be uh, Monday. Excuse my wife just shared with me. That's going to be Monday. It will be Monday. So Monday uh, um, at 10 p.m. at the Embassy Suites. Tell your family and friends we're going to have a explosive time in the Holy Ghost. So uh, invite them, and I look forward to being with you on tomorrow. And we pray that the rest of your night will be blessed. God bless you. We love you. Appreciate you. And uh, 
Remember, this is your host, Dr. J. McKenzie, with the Master Key, unlocking and liberating the real you. And I pray out that the dimension of yourself was unlocked and liberated tonight. God bless you.